Well, good morning, church. It is great to be with you. My name is Ethan Magnus, one of the pastors here. I've been gone for a couple weeks. Glad to be back. We finally found time for a vacation this summer. Started off fantastic. We visited family in Pennsylvania. We went to the beach for a couple days. It ended terribly. We did college visits, which the visits themselves were fine. It was just this reminder that I'm about to lose my kids, so that was depressing. Uh, but all in all, we're glad for a couple weeks off. Uh, thankful. We had some great preaching happening here. Here. Thankful to Adam and Jacob who preached on the feeding of the 5,000 two weeks ago. And last week, Molly, Kate, and Janet who preached about Mary and Martha. Great stuff and grateful uh, to them. Uh, let's, boy, we jump right back in. My second day back here, we had this, uh, back after my vacation, we had this marathon uh, elders meeting late into the night. And I tell you, I'm, I don't say that for pity. I just say that because I love our elders meetings. It doesn't matter how exhausting or discouraging my day has been. By the time I leave elders meetings, I am on fire. You just need to know, we have fantastic elders of this church. Uh, these guys, they are so on mission for Christ. Uh, they are so focused on making this church be one that is ready to reach lost people, reach all five generations, be genuinely for everyone. They want to be a church that loves God and loves everyone and makes disciples and preaches the gospel to the whole world. I, I come away every time I'm with them. I come just fired up about the mission and vision of this church. I will say if you want to know more about that, uh, we do have a class that meets on Sunday. Uh, this Sunday, it's called First Things First. It's mainly for newcomers, but really it's for anybody who just wants to get reminded about the mission of Jesus Christ and how the church, and this local church in particular, participates in that mission. So free lunch, come join us for the class, um, and you, maybe you can get fired up like your uh, fantastic elders are. All right, we've been having some fun talking about food this summer. Our series is called Summer Cookout, and really that's just an excuse to preach on basically any Bible verse that's even remotely related to something having to do with food. Uh, although I will say that this week's topic is, it is the least related to food of any topic we've had uh, throughout the whole series. In fact, you might even suggest that this topic is the opposite of being about food. Uh, because what we're going to talk about today is the Christian spiritual discipline of fasting. See, I told you it's sort of the opposite of being about food. Um, fasting, for those of you who don't know what that word means, it just means um, the decision to, for some short period of time, maybe one meal or a day or sometimes even a week, to not eat food, just drink water for that whole season for the purpose of spiritual growth. Now, now, before I talk about fasting per se, let's remind ourselves what God's Word teaches about spiritual disciplines in general. Uh, we did a series on this about 18 months ago called Setting Sail. So if you want to learn more about this, you can find that online or ask at the info desk and they'll get you copies of the CDs if you're interested in that. Uh, but, the, but the main point is this about spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines do not earn God's favor. They don't manipulate God. In and of themselves, they don't actually accomplish anything. They're just a way of life that God has given us that open us up to the work of God's Spirit, that invite God to work in our lives. So whether this is scripture reading or prayer or worship, it's not like if you read more verses than the next guy, then God will like, oh, look, they read 25 verses. I love them super much today. That's not the way it works. But it's that reading scripture opens you to the work of God's spirit through God's word. 
And so fasting is like that. A couple things just to remind us, super practical. Fasting is not dieting, okay? Uh, fasting is not punishment. Uh, you're not punishing yourself because you've been bad and God is mad at you or something. Uh, fasting is never to be done to manipulate God or somehow earn God's favor or prove how holy you are. God couldn't love you any more than God already does. God already sent his son to die for you on a cross so you can be forgiven of your sins. And it's not like you fasting is going to somehow make God love you even more than that. And God already loves you like crazy. Uh, fasting is an intentional practice of withdrawal from the world to make ourselves more open to God. Uh, one writer on spiritual disciplines gave this definition that I found helpful. Fasting is a posture of abstaining from some good gift of God that's in our world. To say to God, God, I want you more than I want your gifts. I want you, God, most of all. Here's what I notice. I notice that my appetite for God can grow dull. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. I notice that I can get so filled up by the things of the world my appetite for the world can grow so large that I can fall into a posture of consumption. How do I satisfy the longing of my heart? Well, I eat more, or I watch more television, or read another article, or laugh at another meme, or scroll through more social media, or read another blog, or eat more food, or travel to some new exotic place. As if the consumption of more of what the world has is what's really going to satisfy my soul. But here's what you know, or you will. Our consumption of the things of the world does not satisfy us. It just makes us hungrier, so we consume more of the things of the world, whether it's food or anything else. And it makes us, if we're not careful, less hungry for God. Fasting is a discipline designed to break that cycle. To say, I'm going to intentionally abstain from consuming, whether it's food or the internet or chocolate or whatever it is. I'm going to abstain from consuming this thing so that I can develop and cultivate a hunger for the things of God. Now here's what I know. Just mentioning fasting among contemporary Christians like us, it just sounds weird. My, my guess is if we took a poll that most of us basically never fast, maybe never ever have, or maybe did once on some retreat once when we were being weird, but basically never do. And, and while it may seem weird to even talk about fasting here, what's really the case is that our general habit of not fasting, that's what makes us weird. Because throughout history and throughout Scripture, God's people regularly used fasting as a spiritual discipline. Uh, in the Bible, you see individual fasts. You see group fasts. You see national fasts. Uh, you see prophets did it and priests fasted. 
But so did armies when they were preparing for war. So did kings when they had big decisions to make. Jesus fasted. Paul fasted. Barnabas fasted. The elders of the church fasted. And the people of the church fasted. More importantly, Jesus is clear that he thinks we will fast. Matthew chapter 9, verse 14 and 15. John's disciples come and ask him, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and then they will fast. Jesus just seems to assume that part of our spiritual rhythm, once he's no longer bodily with us, is that we will fast. One thing to notice there, we can learn a lot about the motive for fasting from that verse. He says, when I'm not here with them, they'll fast. Because one of the main motives for fasting is to cultivate an awareness of the presence of God. It pulls our attention away from the things of the world toward the things of God. Even more clearly, uh, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus teaches that fasting ought to be a part of our spiritual lives. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. When you fast, do not look... Well, let me just pause right there. Look how he introduces this section. This is from the Sermon on the Mount. When you fast, under the assumption that Jesus' followers will participate in fasting. If you're curious, like, is that some weird phrase? And maybe it doesn't mean that. Well, just 10 verses earlier, he says, when you pray, and goes on to talk about the Lord's Prayer. Two verses earlier, he says, when you give, and goes on to talk about generosity. Well, all of us think Jesus expects us to pray, and all of us think Jesus expects us to give generously. Well, he uses the same phrase to introduce the section on fasting. When you fast. He goes on to say, Do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who's unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now, you see, Jesus clarifies what we already talked about uh, with spiritual disciplines, that spiritual disciplines done for the wrong motive are no good at all. And the same is true for fasting. If you fast to try to impress people, well, you'll succeed, you'll impress people. But that's all you'll do. There'll be no spiritual fruit from that. And fasting for the wrong motives is both self-defeating and self-destructive. But just because Jesus wants us to make sure that we don't fast for the wrong motives, it doesn't mean he's saying we shouldn't fast for the right motives. In fact, he is quite clear that when you fast so as to seek your heavenly Father, your heavenly Father will reward that. And I think many of us can testify to how God has blessed us through the spiritual disciplines of our life, whether it was reading scripture or prayer or study or community or worship. That God has honored those disciplines by having there be spiritual fruit out of them. And the same thing is true about fasting. So what I want to do here, just a little bit, a little different from most of my sermons, I just kind of assume that most of us don't fast very much or often. 
uh, and, and maybe you're even surprised to discover that Jesus thinks it's a useful spiritual practice. So I just want to be super practical here and talk a little bit about if there's a wrong motives for fasting, what are some of the right motives for fasting, and, and how might you do it? Uh, there's no command. I want to be clear. There's no command in Scripture. You must fast. Okay? So don't go out of here feeling like all guilty that you don't fast enough. No, no, no. Legalism kills grace. Okay? There's no command. But maybe there's an invitation that you'll hear today that'll be helpful to you. So what are some reasons we see people fasting in Scripture? Well, uh, consistently, we see people fasting because they want a more godly focus for their life. They want to pay attention to God. Uh, Psalm 42 says this, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? I want to desire God like that. And God makes it, God's word makes it clear that if we just fill up, if we get over full on the things of the world, we'll dull our hunger for God. And, and so fasting is, it's not the only discipline that does this, but it's one of the disciplines that helps us pull our focus away from the things of the world toward the things of God and really cultivate a desire for God. Uh, this seems to be one of the reasons that Jesus himself fasted. Uh, as he prepared for his ministry, he, he wants to go through a season of aligning his will completely with God's. Uh, Matthew describes that in chapter 4. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it's written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Fasting is a discipline that aligns our focus away from the things of the world toward the things of God. One thing that you will probably notice, even a very, in a very short fast, you'll notice you'll be reminded of your mortality. How utterly contingent we are. If we don't eat and we don't drink, we die. We're dependent on outside sources to stay alive. And when you remember that, you might remember how utterly sufficient God is. How God has no such dependence. That God is the provider, not the needer. That God is the sustainer. Fasting does that for more. It reminds me that I am dependent and God is sufficient. I need provision and God provides. Fasting also helps me. Well, here, I'll put it this way. When I diet which is not the same thing as fasting. Uh, that's not eating for a very different reason. When I diet, which is not, I know, often enough, I'm aware, but when I diet, here's my observation. I want food constantly. Has anybody else had this experience? You're trying to diet, and it, you think about food all the time. You think about food when you wake up. You think about food when you lie down. You think about food while you're trying to work or have a conversation. That's what happens to me when I diet. Fasting does the same thing, except you think about God. 
all those times when your stomach grumbles and you get a little hungry, you remember, oh, no, no, this isn't a diet. This is a fast. And I'm doing this because I want my mind focused on God today. And, and, it, and it does it. It's, just, it's a wonderfully effective spiritual practice to, to help you cultivate a desire for God. Here's another reason we see people in Scripture fast. We see people scripture, in Scripture fast to foster godly repentance. Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And if your life is anything like my life, if we are going to hunger and thirst for righteousness, we are going to have to get good at repentance because my life is filled with a lot of stuff that is not righteous. And I think sometimes we forget to just name with clarity about our own lives how deeply sinful we are. We are filled up with the sins of this world. Sometimes we're better at noticing other people's sins than we are at our own sins. But if we want to to follow Christ, sinners that we are, we're going to have to be really good at repenting, which means to turn away from our sin and turn toward God. And and if you're like me, you're going to need some disciplines, some practices that help you turn away from your sin. And, and all throughout God's word, we see fasting as a, a discipline that God's people use to reject a pattern of sin. They'll, kind of, they'll, they'll, they'll go through a season of fasting as a way to declare, we are done with that sin. We're going to turn away from that sin, and instead we're going to seek the things of God. And fasting is a way to kind of make that proclamation to God and to your own soul. Again, we see this dozens of places in Scripture. Uh, One real clear place is in Joel chapter 2. Joel was a prophet, went to God's people, and got really clear and in their face a little bit about the sin of God's people. And then after he's clear about their sin, he tells them how they could respond in repentance. And this is what he says. Joel chapter 2 verse 12, even now declares the Lord, Return to me, that's this repentance word, turn around to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. So blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly. And this might be something that might motivate a fast in you. Many of us are stuck in patterns of sin that are already consumptive. The sin is what we consume that, that isn't healthy for us, you know. And a fast is a great way to break the stranglehold of a consumptive sin where there's too much or the wrong stuff and say, no, no, I don't want that in my life anymore. I want God instead. And we see this all throughout Scripture, and maybe that'd be spiritually useful to you. Uh, third thing that we see Uh, A third kind of desire that we see motivating a fast is people who desire godly wisdom. 
maybe, maybe you're facing a big decision or, or maybe you're in a new position of leadership. A, a period of fasting and prayer can be a great way to orient your life toward God's wisdom and not your own. Uh, the, the, the hunger, the physical hunger, reminds me that physically I depend on God's provision to survive. And that reminds me that intellectually, I depend on God's wisdom to make wise choices. I'm not internally sufficient to survive physically. I'm also not internally sufficient to be wise enough without God's spirit. Again, we see this all over scripture. Just one example, Acts 14, 23. Paul and Barnabas appoint elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they'd put their trust. Prayer and fasting are a way for the church to seek God's wisdom, God's sufficiency, God's provision, and not our own. Now, a couple reminders about motives. Remember, if you're fasting to earn God's favor, that won't work. That's not how the favor of God works. If you're fasting to manipulate God to answer a prayer, like, a, like some sort of spiritual hunger strike, God, I'm not going to eat until you answer the prayer in this way. Yeah, no, God doesn't get tricked like that. that that's, that's not how it works. If you're fasting to impress other people or impress God, well, there's no spiritual benefit to that. Like all spiritual disciplines, fasting is designed to orient our lives toward God, not to somehow manipulate God toward us. Because, see, God doesn't need to be manipulated. God is already for you. God loves you. God is crazy about you. God can't wait for you to repent from your sin and so you can experience the blessing of obedience. God can't wait for you to cultivate a hunger and a focus on God rather than the things of the world because the things of the world are never going to satisfy you and the things of God will eternally satisfy you. And God can't wait for you to lean into God's wisdom rather than your own wisdom because you're kind of silly and you make all kinds of bad choices and God never does that and so God just can't wait you see if your fasting is kind of motivated by some sort of guilt or some sort of obligation well don't do it okay I'd, I'd go to the buffet and don't leave until you can barely about to pop okay don't fast out of some sort of guilt instead fast because you just want lots and lots and lots and lots of God in your life. Okay, let me be super practical. Because um, if you've never done this, I don't want you to go off today and not eat for, you know, three weeks and end up in the hospital, okay? Let's be super practical. Okay, so if you're going to fast, um, first of all, um, know why you're fasting. Maybe you say, I just fat God, I just want to, I want to I hunger and thirst for righteousness in my life. I'm tired of this sin in my life. I want to want purity. And right now, I want sin, not purity, and I want that to change about me. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to fast for repentance, or I'm going to fast for intimacy with God, or fast for wisdom. So know why. And start super, super slow, okay? Um, maybe just, just, just skip one meal. 
Just skip one meal and, and let the hunger of that meal motivate you into prayer and a desire for God. Uh, maybe, maybe eventually you'll fast for a whole day or something like that. Drink lots and lots of water. Drink lots and lots of water. Um, uh, what I do is whenever I feel super hungry, I pray and drink a glass of water. And then it reminds me to pray and I, you know, don't pass out. So that's good. Um, I, obviously, if you've got some sort of medical thing, you know, I am not a doctor. Uh, you know, don't come ask me, you know, I've got this kind of, you know, whatever. I don't know. Talk to your doctor. If you think there's any, you know, there are lots of reasons why you shouldn't fast. And maybe the fast you need isn't from food anyway. It may, there might be some other consumptive habit that just sort of has, um, you know, I mean, how often do you look at your phone? You know, that might be the consumptive habit that you just need to say, this, I, I am so filled up with the things of this world, I don't have enough room to be hungry for God. I'm going to just cut this off for a little while. Maybe that's it. Um, when you break the fast, you know, maybe when you eat that first meal after maybe you're, you're going to skip a meal or skip a whole day of meals, when you break your fast, um, first of all, don't eat too much all at once, okay, because then you'll throw up, but, but, but mainly uh, break it with joy. Thank God. Uh, even if you don't know yet what the spiritual fruit has been, just say, God, I really believe there's been some spiritual fruit from this. Thank you for that. Obviously, follow Jesus' advice. Don't make a big deal about it. Don't, don't put it on Facebook, you know. Um, you know, people do this. They, they'll go post on social media. I just want everybody to know, in order to go deeper with God, I'm going on a three-week social media fast. I'll be back in three weeks. I will periodically post all the updates and deep experiences I'm having from God here on my Twitter feed. So you can, no, 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 that's not it. Okay, that's not what Jesus says. And along the way, along the way, prepare for the feast. Uh, I read a couple articles by a guy named John Piper in preparation for this sermon. He writes this. I like this. The point here is that fasting is a feast. It's not giving up food for its own sake or giving up video games or whatever it is you're giving up. It's giving up food. Either, Jesus says, you can either give it up for the praise of men or you can give it up for the reward of of the Heavenly Father. We always are driven to fast because we hunger for something more than we hunger for food. That's what fasting means. It's a way of saying there is something I want even more than food. And of course, if you fast in public, you're saying the thing I want is the praise of humanity. But when you're fasting in private, you're just saying simply, the thing I want is I want God. So, there's no command. Don't do it out of legalism. Legalism kills grace. But there is an invitation. If you want to grow in repentance or receive wisdom or hunger for God more, Maybe the discipline of fasting could be a part of that. As with all disciplines, if you're not sure, then just pray about it. Ask God, would this be a helpful thing for me to try? Maybe it would. And really, whether it's through fasting or through reading the Bible or worshiping or prayer, my main invitation would just be don't abandon the disciplines that draw you close to God. 
The world is so ready to give you false satisfaction that will not last, to fill you up so full of the world you have no hunger left from God. The world is so ready to do that. Don't let it happen. Invest in the disciplines that teach you to hunger for God more because God just loves you so much. And if you knew God better, you'd be so blessed by that. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your love. Oh, protect us, God, from getting too filled up by the world that we lose our hunger for you. Lead us, God, into disciplines that cultivate in us holiness and righteousness and repentance and forgiveness 